Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 31st. No calamity will shake you if you can stand calmly and firmly at your own center. Be able, as my guru said, to stand unshaken amid the crash of breaking worlds. If you offer your heart's feelings up in devotion to God, fear will pass overhead like a cloud and you will be enveloped in bliss. Now that is really quite a promise, isn't it? It starts with the crash of breaking worlds, and it ends with being enveloped in bliss. And it does that in just a couple of sentences. So it really behooves us to consider what's being said here. This expression, to stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds, is a very, very powerful statement made by Paramahansa Yogananda, and it, it wasn't uh, he, it wasn't uh, it wasn't poetry, and it was it was a promise, and that's really very interesting. It was a promise that you will be able to stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds, if you have that potential within yourself, if you follow the the precepts of of spiritual practice devote yourself to it, um, this is what you will become. The way St. Paul put it in the Bible also, perfect love casts out all fear. And so what we're working with here is not just some sort of potential of a strong man where he can fight against everything that comes. It's, it's a completely other way of, of dealing with the issues of this world by developing so much power inside ourselves that the things of this world are just like, well, I've used the image and it's the very valid one. What happens in this world is the waves on the surface of the sea. And no matter how even how much of a storm happens on the surface of the sea, you go down even just a few feet and there's this vast um, expanse that is completely untouched by what's going on on the surface. So it's not that the wind doesn't blow and the waves don't crash, but if our, if our foundation reaches way below the surface, then we can just blow in the wind, but it, will, it won't really knock us over. It won't really change our essential reality. It'll, it'll muss up our hair. You know, like going out into a windstorm. Where you, your hair gets mussed up, but you yourself or just as you always were. Now, um, Swami's instruction for how to do this is you offer the heart's feelings up in devotion to God. Now that sounds really like you have to really understand what he's talking about when, when, you're, when you're doing that. And bear in mind, what Swami's doing in a lot of these um, suggestions it's essentially, he's climbed a high mountain. He's climbed a high mountain in which there's many 
levels of experience and observation and development that brings us to the top. And then he's describing the view that he can see. So we have to start at what is devotion to God. Now some people will think devotion to God means love or chanting or prayers or you know, just sort of weeping out our affection for God or standing together singing hallelujah, praise the Lord. But what he's really talking about, devotion to God, think of the word devotion in the context of devoted. You know, I am devoted to something. And people can be devoted to watching the news every night. They can be devoted to learning the trombone. They can be devoted to becoming a great athlete. They can be devoted to raising their children. So what we're, the first step we're, here, we're talking about is we have to become devoted to attuning ourselves to the ways of the divine. And by definition, what we're working with when we start talking about the greater reality of which we are all a part, the greater reality is the entire ocean, to use that image. The events of the day or the year or the century are all the storms and the waves and then the placid times that happen on the surface of the ocean. So most people, many people I'll say, because they don't really think about it in any other way, are devoted to the waves. They're devoted to trying to get their part of the ocean set up in just a way that even if the wind blows, their house won't blow down or they'll have enough in the bank or they'll have enough uh, carrot juice in the closet that they'll stay strong, whatever it might be, we have to decide what we're devoted to. Because whatever we're devoted to also defines the limit of our security and our safety when we think in, in terms of the bigger flow of life. Swami uses the word calamity here. Calamity is a very big word. Calamity is not a brief recession. You know, calamity is not a windstorm. Calamity is a gigantic earthquake and a a worldwide depression or a a complete bankruptcy or whatever it might be. It can be, calamity is a very big thing. If we are devoted to conditions in this world that are ever going to be shifting, then the limit of our security is the degree to which those conditions will stay in place. Now, if we imagine that the ego has the power to control the forces of destiny and we're devoted to the ego's power to control the forces of destiny, sooner or later there's going to be a day of very rude awakening. But if we are devoted to God, what we are devoted to is a rhythm of time and a, a, and a, a commitment to carry out our duties in this life, but a commitment to our duties not as, a, as an end in themselves or the point of security in our lives, but as a way of cooperating with this longer flow of development which is the gradual awakening and expansion of our own consciousness. This is what is called simply the path of self-realization. It takes specific form in the teachings of Yogananda, but the path of self-realization is the the soul's long journey from limited self-definition to the state of infinite realization. And if we are devoted to God, we are devoting 
we are devoted to expanding our awareness until it encompasses Satchitanandam, ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss. And when we offer the feelings of the heart with devotion to God, what we are doing, the feelings of the heart are to a large extent who I am, who I think I am. You know, joyful, secure, frightened, proud, capable, whatever it might be. But if we take the feelings of the heart, instead of devoting them to building up the ego and its imagined power to control this world, because as long as we do that, we're going to be a little bit afraid. I may have shared in these broadcasts, I don't remember whether I said it or not, but when there was an earthquake in Palo, in California, in, in Northern California where I live, way back in 1989, and one of the major bridges collapsed and a number of cars were crushed and the people inside were crushed. The wife of an employee of a company where I occasionally went to go in for leadership training, to offer leadership training, um, was killed. And the HR director wanted me to come in and reassure everyone in the company because they were all very rattled because this woman had been killed and she wanted me to sort of give them confidence again. However, I was strictly forbidden to speak about God. I wasn't allowed to talk about anything religious because of the unique and interesting customs and laws of the United States at this time. I mean, even in a non-sectarian way, I couldn't talk about God. So she wanted to reassure, me to reassure people in the face of unexpected death and say something to them that would make them less afraid. I said, I thought about it, I said, how can I? She said, well, just tell them to believe in themselves. I said, they can believe in themselves all they want. But if it's their time to die, they're going to be on the bridge at the exact moment when the bridge comes down. I mean, there's no security in being devoted, offering my heart's feelings into my own self-image, because my own self-image can just take me so far. It doesn't have the power to transcend life and death in this world. What to speak of death in the form of all the sort of losses. The only thing that can make us unafraid is to realize that we are on a journey that is longer than this incarnation. And that everything that happens in this world is guided by a divine intelligence, a, a divine loving intelligence that knows it, that knows the, the, so, the secret of our fulfillment better than we know it ourselves. So what would cause us to, to have our fears dissolve? What's the word that Swami use, uses? Your fear will pass overhead like a cloud. What could possibly make our fear pass overhead like a cloud? Now on one hand, you can conceive of a God who will always protect you. Who, in other words, who will always make it come out right for you. And to a very impressive degree, those who love God often are protected. But the book of Job cannot be ignored. The book of Job is important. And there are countless examples, you know, in the course of, of human history in which difficult things happen to good people, even deeply spiritual people. For example, the crucifixion of Jesus. You know, that was, he was a good man. And he was crucified. He was devoted to God and he was crucified. So we can't think that our devotion to God 
means that we will that our pleasure and our ease and our preferences will never be interrupted. Our devotion to God has to be a deeply felt relationship, and I I like to think of it with Divine Mother, with with an with an unconditionally loving Divine Mother who has a perspective on our well-being that we simply don't have yet. I mean, I, I laugh because I remember this little child that happened exactly like this. Mommy, Mommy, I want chocolate cake for breakfast because there was chocolate cake left over. Mommy said, Honey, if you eat chocolate cake for breakfast, you won't grow up to be strong. And the child said, Yes, I will. <laughs> the child's conviction that chocolate cake would cause him to grow up strong was based on absolutely nothing except the fact that he wanted it to be true and therefore he would declare it true. And with all due respect, a great many of our firmly held convictions, even our conviction that God will treat me this way, is about as well-founded as the six-year-old's belief that chocolate cake will make him strong. There's a very poignant story that came out of this really, there's a very moving account, this is from many decades ago, when a South American rugby team was on a chartered plane going from one South American country to another, crossing the Andes, the plane crashed in the Andes. And many of the people were killed immediately, but a number of them lived through the crash. And um, they they were up in the mountains. The, it was known that the plane had crashed. For a while, they had a working radio, and they were able to listen to the to the news of people searching for them. They were also able to hear the news that they'd all been given up for dead. And here they are, high in the Andes, and they're they're given up for dead. When they first crashed, the man who had been the captain of the team was was still the natural leader. And because they were South Americans and they were a, a sort of, a, you know, friends and family, they were all Catholics. They were all practicing Catholics. And the captain was a very traditional Orthodox Catholic. But he had it in his mind that because I follow the rules of the church, God will not, God will always take care of me in what I consider to be taken care of. So he was very strong and confident. But as soon as he heard that the search party had been called off, all his faith, all his faith in God, all his faith in the future just drained out of him. And even though there was no visible reason, within three days he had died. Isn't that interesting? And the people who remained strong and remained leaders had an inner relationship with, with a power that was greater than themselves. There are several stories written about this. One of them is called Alive. And then there's one about the people who eventually walked out of the Andes and rescued them all. It's a very spiritual story, very, very moving spiritual story. And it was a faith that transcended belief in self and belief even that God will provide in the way that I want him to provide. Because if I offer whatever I'm feeling in my heart in devotion to God's will, understood beyond my preferences, and not merely an affirmation, but a deeply held, based on experience, belief that what my Divine Mother brings me is always for my own good, then what do I have to be afraid of? Now you have to really ask yourself, 
What would I be afraid of if everything that comes to me is a gesture of Divine Mother's love for me? Why would I be afraid? So Swami says, No calamity will shake you if you can stand calmly and firmly at your own center. Be able, as my Guru said, to stand unshaken amid the crash of breaking worlds. If you offer your heart's feelings up in devotion to God, fear will pass overhead like a cloud and you will be enveloped in bliss. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.